Well, hello, friends, and welcome back to the Unfuck Your Biz podcast. As always, this is your host, Brayden. And today, um, I was going to say we're doing something a little bit different, but it's different, but it's familiar. So it's similar to last week's episode. Um, this is another guest host kind of situation. So last week, my friend Claire uh, came on to interview me about my 2022 year in review. This week, we're doing something similar to about on the personal side of things. So my friend Christy has a fabulous podcast. We'll list it, uh, we'll link it in the show notes in the description. So if you're on your phone, you can just scroll down and check it out. Um, but Christy does anonymous interviews on her podcast where she does coaching on people's personal finances. And it's anonymous because, you know, not everyone is comfortable sharing all those details. You all know that I have no sense of privacy. So Christy asked me to come on her podcast and we decided not to make it anonymous because I figured I would share it here on this podcast because personal finance, you know, it's like peanut butter and jelly when it comes to like business finance, if that made any sense. So without any further ado, um, I'm going to turn it over to Christy. She's going to kind of take the reins and we're going to get into that uh, episode recording. Enjoy. All right, y'all. I I am so excited to dive into this week's episode today. We're doing some coaching, but a little bit different instead of anonymously coaching a mystery guest. (laughs) We have a brave soul who has decided to step up and get coached and, uh, you know, just share openly and and honestly and authentically. So thank you, Brayden, for being here. Welcome. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. I'm super excited and we've been connected for a couple years now and I haven't caught up with you in a minute. So I'm excited to hear what's been going on. Yeah. A couple, I think it was like 2019. Can you believe that? So coming up on four no. years. I know. I think uh, COVID kind of made time a little bit weird. Right. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, wow, four years. That is a lot. Um, and for those, for my listeners who don't know you yet, can you tell us a little bit about your business, what you're working on, how you help people? Sure, sure. So hello, everyone. My name is Brayden, a fellow podcast host person here on the internet. Uh, I'm a small business attorney <laughs> licensed in California. Um, I also am a tax attorney. I have a master's degree in tax law, and I run an online education business um, where we have a membership and different courses and all sorts of things to help people with their small business legalities, taxes, and bookkeeping. Um, and while, you know, the idea of doing like an anonymous interview was appealing. I also, um, I do profit reports on my podcast every month where I share and break down my own PL. So this kind of like radical transparency is already like at the core of my business. So I was like, you know, like, fuck it, let's go, I guess. <laughs> yes, fuck it, let's go. That's what we're, we're coming yeah. in today with. And thank you for that. And I think that's such a beautiful example too. And, and really because the mission behind this, these episodes is to kind of bring light to money conversations, to remove yeah. the shame that we have talking about money and having those conversations behind closed doors and feeling alone and being able to talk about it openly and honestly because it's not a shameful thing. We all have money. We all have money wins. We all have money struggles. Like we all have more in common than we think. So thank you for just being so brave to show up transparently and (laughs) tell us all your dirty secrets. Yeah. Well, you know, Christy, I don't, I I think I told you this, but on, so on my podcast, 
I do a very similar interview format, but we go through people's business finances. Right. Um, so now I'm kind of like, this is my version of putting my money where my mouth is. Uh, Cause I'm doing essentially what I asked my guests to do on my show. Absolutely love it. And y'all definitely go check out Braden's pod- podcast. It's called unfuck your biz, right? Yeah. Unfuck your biz asterisk for the you, if you want to find it. Um, asterisk for the you and fuck <laughs> yes exactly um and then yeah follow him on instagram he provides so much education so many resources not only for free but then once you get in his paid offers it's obviously next levels and we all need the bookkeeping the legal the tax so y'all go go check out Braden. so yeah let's let's jump on in so Typically, we talk through things like your current finances, your vision, and your goals, and then start to brainstorm different strategies and and different ways that you can build your wealth and maximize that the money that you're earning to support you and your vision Mm -hmm. and your family and your community and all the beautiful things you want to do. So tell me, Brayden, what is on your mind? What are you kind of thinking about in the personal finance realm? Oh boy. Well, that's a loaded question, Christy, right? Where do we even start? Well, I know so many things. Yeah. (laughs) I will start with, um, I've had it on my to-do list to pay off my credit cards for several months. Um, that's something that, you know, I think a lot of your listeners can maybe relate to this. We like intend to pay it off and then we like buy something else and then we intend to pay it off and then we buy something else. Um, and I find as a business owner, what's really interesting about that is, I will have, you know, if my business overhead is $5,000, I'll have a $15,000 a month and then I'll pay off $7,000 on my credit card. So it's like paid off. But then the next month you like buy a $3,000 thing and the next month you buy another $3,000 thing. Um, So it's a lot different than I think non-business owners, like the issues they run into where they'll, you know, they get their credit card debt and then they have to like really, really chip away at it. With this, it's more of just like a really like up and down cycle. Um, so I want to kind of cut, I want to cut that off. I want to get back to paying it off every single month and having a zero balance. Cause that's what I tell people to do. Like I should do the same thing. Um, so we have that, uh, a big thing for us, like my husband and I is he is still the primary income earner in the household. So I'm working my way up to contributing 50%, basically to paying 50% of our household expenses, Um, that's like kind of a goal of mine within the next, um, I would say probably two years. It's taken a long time to even get where I am, but that's a goal in the next two years. And then I also, um, really finally need to start saving for my self-employed retirement account. So we can talk about that. And then student loan debt is always like the bane of every existence. Um, Yeah. Right. (laughs) Yeah. And then obviously vacations, like fun things that I want to spend on personally, but a lot of that. Um, and we can dig into all of this, but a lot of that kind of stuff, um, will come from like our household, our household kind of pot of money. Um, and then when it comes to like things I personally want to buy, I have this, uh, understanding with my husband that once I am contributing to 50% of the household expenses, I can buy whatever I want. No questions asked. (laughs) (laughs) Great deal. Great deal. Yeah. Yeah. He wasn't like super pleased when I came home from Vegas with my Louis Vuitton bag, but you know, (laughs) It's uh, that's marriage in a nutshell. So do you have different money personalities in the household? Uh, you yeah, and your prob- yeah, probably. I would say that my, my husband makes a good amount of money. Um, and he's not, he's not like super frugal, you know, like a lot of those kind of personality types, but yeah. he's not. Um, and you know, I would say he, 
he's like not he likes nice stuff but he's not necessarily into like labels and designers so to, like to give you an example we went um shopping two nights ago because he wanted like new work slacks he's like i need new work pants I'm like great um, so we went to Nordstrom first and, you know, most of the ones he tried on were like $250 and they just like didn't fit. So then we went to Macy's and he found a pair that did fit for like $75. And it was, you know, like a third of the price, but he probably wasn't even really looking at the prices. He's just like, I need a pair of pants that fit. Right. right. Um, so that's, I think kind of like his personality. He spends a lot of money on his running shoes, <laughs> uh, work mm -hmm. clothes, um, but that's like pretty much it. Other than that, uh, he has his he has his iPad and his laptop, and that's like pretty much all he needs. And I yeah, really like you to both shop. have your things. Yeah, and I love to shop and love to like decorate our house. And I'm the spender in the relationship for sure. I do see your stories, and you're always doing some amazing <laughs> projects. You've got your. I feel like you did your whole kitchen and got the pots and the pans and all the mm -hmm, things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> what are the I pans you love? So you're like this one. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so you both got your things that are important to you that you value that you want to spend money on beautiful yes. love and so you're you're kind of trying to find this balance too of not only you know spending and, and putting money towards the things that are important to you and valuable which is amazing and I love and then also kind of finding more consistency with the credit card maybe chipping away at the student loan debt that's is on pause still, right? Yeah. We're, we're not making payments yet. So that's mm -hmm. something that on a lot of people's minds, um, you know, being able to save for vacations contribute to, to your retirement. So lots of exciting goals and, and things that you're, you're working on. And it can be a lot to balance, especially when you're running a business, because you're also in growth mode. You're also investing a lot of money in your business. And to your point, where it can be different for entrepreneurs is like, yeah, we don't have that funding necessarily. We don't have that VC backing always, right? right? To make the investments that we need to grow. And so sometimes for a lot of us, I've been here, you know, our credit cards are our funding source for our, our business. <laughs> and that, that's just a reality. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. You're like, yep, I know that life. <laughs> we all do. We've all been there. Um, okay. So what's, what's maybe your biggest priority as you're kind of thinking through this list? Is there one thing that stands out as like, this is where I would want to tackle first, or are you maybe wanting to find a more balanced approach to, you know, saving, investing and paying off debt or. Yeah, a little bit of both. So priority number one is to pay off the credit cards. We're recording okay. this in mid to late January. I hope to have that done by like mid March. So like a month and a half, two months. Mm -hmm. um, and I think right now I have probably like around a $7,000 like total balance. Okay, that's um, not bad. Yeah, well, you know, it's all relative, like, right? Yeah. Um, a lot of that was, well, here's the thing, here's the thing, right? A lot of that came from, Christy, you may have seen this, but I launched, I, it's not really a second business. It's like a new brand in my existing business, Drag Tax, the tax firm for drag queens. Taxes are a drag higher. Yes. So I launched that last Love. year and most of those expenses went on my business credit card. Um, and really it was just like a fun project and I spent a lot of money on it. Uh, and then I am launching something new next month, which I haven't announced yet. And that required like a new $3,000 brand package. So like that goes on their credit card. Right. Um, but that kind of stuff, like I should be able to pay it off, you know, like in March, that's the goal, fingers crossed. And then, um, we'll move on to kind of 
the uh, right now I have like a set amount of money. I contribute every month to the household expenses and that will stay the same for the rest of this year. And then after the credit cards paid off, I would like to um, start putting money. I want to increase my payroll, my salary. I have an S corp. So increase my salary and pretty much all of that increase will just go directly into um, probably a simple IRA, but that's something I'd love to talk to you about. What kind of retirement account should I open? I have Vanguard. I'm pretty sure I have a SEP right now, but I think I need to change it. So we can talk about that. And then balancing that with the student loans is kind of like the immediate issue after the credit cards are done. Okay. So let's talk about kind of how income flows into your house and and what you're using it for now. So I can get a little bit of a a sense. I love, I love the smile and the laugh. So you're, you're getting a salary, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's great. That's mm-hmm. huge. So yeah. congrats, right? It's a, a lot of business owners take a while to get to the point where they can consistently pay themselves anything. So yeah. big win. Um, salary that's, what money- I te- that's what I teach, right? So I teach people how to form their S-corps and get on payroll. Um, Boom. So yeah, I take a salary and essentially the way I, I get uh, by, is it, do you call it bi-weekly or bi-monthly? I get paid twice a month. And essentially one salary payment comes to me and it pays for my car and all my own stuff. And the other one goes to my husband towards our household bills. Okay. So that's how that works. And then I also, um, you know, any other profit left over in the business is uh, mine as well. Okay. So salary kind of goes to expenses and then profit is where you kind of have maybe that extra play money. Does that sound right? Yeah. Okay. Cool. And some months profit is zero and some months profits like $5,000. So, you know, yes, as it is, as, as happens, right. The the variable nature of, of entrepreneurship and, and it can make it tricky to plan. Right. Um, and so you have kind of that monthly consistent income coming in, you have a plan for that. So really it's kind of the way I'm thinking about it potentially is, you know, the profit that you make is kind of what we're looking at in terms of planning yeah. and, and figuring out what to do with it. Cause it sounds like at the moment, your salary, it's set, it's doing its thing. Well, I'm good. I am going to increase the salary. So right okay. now my salary is, what is my salary? I get, I run, um, I end up getting 50 after taxes. I get $1,500 twice a month. Um, awesome. cause my salary is like 2,200 before tax. I'm going to increase that by 500 probably, um, per pay cycle. So a thousand dollars a month, um, which probably will be like, you know, five or $600 after taxes, but that five or 600 will be what I'll start contributing into my retirement account. Okay. Awesome. And you're doing that this year, you said, or next year? Yeah, this year, hopefully like after the credit card. So probably in starting in March or April, which I think is like the same time we have to start paying student loans back. Right. I think they have it to the to June. Is it June? Oh, June would be great. Let's keep June. Yeah. Keep pushing it. Could be, I like could be wrong. Don't quote me on that. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, I'll right. Look. I'll I'll look. I get all the letters, so you know. Yeah, I know yeah. it keeps changing. I'm like, what is it? What's the most recent? Um, but yes, you have time. Okay, so basically, it sounds like you're going to use your profit for call it Q1, right? Mm-hmm. To funnel towards credit cards. Yes, and then in Q starting in Q2 or around that time, you'll increase your salary, right? Increase salary. And then, um, well, Oh, I, what I didn't mention is then, then I would really like to start to build a business savings. So all the profit for a few months will go into business savings as the goal. 
And then after business savings, um, I would like to build a personal savings because, you know, I don't have like much right now I have money for tax. I have tax savings set aside. That's about it. Mm -hmm. So I want to get to three months of business operating expenses and savings, Mm -hmm. um, which will probably be like around $15,000 will be the goal. And then after that, I would like to do the same for personal savings. Um, I'd be curious to hear your thoughts on that. But I always tell like my own audience that I prioritize business savings over personal savings, because if I have business savings, I know that I at least have money to like pay my payroll for several months. Right. Right. Yeah. (laughs) And then I won't need theoretically won't need personal savings, but yeah. So that's kind of the, the roadmap for this year pretty much. Yeah. Um, and do you have personal savings even just through your husband's income and, and savings already? Yeah. Well, our finances are totally separate. So okay, you se- you keep it separate. Yeah. Totally separate. He definitely has savings. He's very financially responsible. Mm-hmm. Very financially responsible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that, that's the other thing, right? Like, I think it's uh, important for all the listeners just to know that some of us have like that privilege and luxury and others don't, and you have to consider that. Um, and most of my financial decision, most of my personal financial decisions come through the lens of, I never have to worry about like the mortgage getting paid or like the refrigerator being filled. Right. I do buy all the groceries, but if calamity struck, you know, I wouldn't have to like stress about that, which affords me the opportunity to spend $10,000 on starting a drag, like a taxes for drag, drag queens business. Yes. I'm obsessed with this. The tagline too. Oh, so good. Yeah. (laughs) Um, yeah. So, you know, that's kind of a, even though you keep it separate, you, you, you know, if there was an emergency at home, you know, your husband's not going to like leave you out to dry or anything right. like that. So, you know, in your situation, maybe it, yeah, business could be good to prioritize cash reserve wise, because you do kind of have that personal reserves. And honestly, when you're entrepreneurs, it's kind of all the same. It's just like, which account is it sitting in? Is it sitting in my business bank account? Is it sitting in my personal? But like, yes, no, it's separate. It is separate. And it's, if it's in the business, it's for the business. We're we're separating, but like, well, and I always think from a logistics standpoint, like from a legal standpoint, right. Because I'm a lawyer. Like if you have the business savings, you pay yourself the salary and you can pay yourself profit distributions. Once the money gets into your personal bank account, it should not go back into your business bank account. Mm -hmm. So you want to keep the business bank account full and then you can pay yourself when you need to pay yourself um, rather than doing it the opposite, you know, is my thought process. Totally. And the other thing too, is an emergency fund for a lot of folks could be to cover if they lost a job. Right. And so for you, you know, you're mitigating, well, you, you have your own business. So that that's different, but then like, you know, having the money in your business account mitigates that, you know, maybe slow income month or so you're, you're, you're not, you're reducing that risk of losing your income. So you, you know, you have that built in already. It would just maybe be like if a medical situation popped up or something, a whole big home repair, you know, those types of things. We had to do our roof and it was like 20 K never have a roof. Oh God. Yeah. We actually, we just got our heat fixed yesterday and it was not 20 K it was 2,100, but like still Still, unexpected, unexpected thousands of dollars expense. You never want (laughs) not fun. Um, Um, I have a question though, Christy. So I'm, I want to start contributing to my retirement regularly and What I tell people all the time, and I think this will be helpful for your folks, is I always say, once you start saving for your taxes and you start paying yourself, 
you are any financial planners like dream client, because I can go to Christy now and I can say, well, I get $4,500 a month in salary. And I can look at my bookkeeping and tell you that my average profit is $5,000 a month. And my personal expenses cost me this much. So this is my leftover money that I have to invest. What do I do? Right? Like that makes it so much easier. Right. Um, what I'm not, well, I, I do know that I do know the basics of SEP IRAs, simple IRAs, solo 401ks and all of that. Um, I don't know how much you talk about that on your podcast and how like well-versed your audience is, but I know with the SEP IRA, you're limited in how much you can contribute when you have employees because you have to essentially match employee contributions. And I have employees now. So I'm wondering if I need to switch over to a simple IRA. So with a simple, you also have to contribute for employees. All employees or just full-time employees? Okay. Are your, are your people? None of them are full-time. None of them. Are they all what part-time? Yeah. They're like all very part-time. Um, like one of my employees, like most of them average five hours a week. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you might be able to get away without doing a contribution um, in some of these accounts. Because the the downside of the simple is you can only do 13, well, this is probably old. I have to look up 2023, <laughs> but like 13,500 was the, la- the latest number. Um, yeah, so it's probably a little bit more. It goes up adjusted for inflation yeah. most years, but it has a lesser cap Whereas with the SEP IRA, you know, you can do 25% of compensation. So that depends on your compensation as well. So that's a, so one thing to think about is, you know, how much you want to be contributing, how much you want to be saving into this plan. Um, I don't think, I don't think the one that I pick is really going to be an issue for this year or maybe even the next two to three years, because I'm not going to be contributing. It's going to be 500 a month. So $6,000 a year, right? Um, but if I get to the point, fingers crossed where I want my business to be in three to four years, and I do want to be contributing $50,000 a year to retirement, is it a pain in the ass to change my plan and roll it over at that point in time? No. And, and so I also, I have an idea for you if you're doing 500 a month. Um, but no, you can always change plans. Um, you could just do like a regular IRA, like a personal IRA. Yeah the contribution limits. What are they now? <laughs> like I had to like get all these new are they numbers. The same as a, are they the same as Roth IRA? As, contribution yep. limits? It was 6,000. Yeah. It's like it 6,000 and change. It's like 6,500, I think. It probably went up. Okay. It went up 500 um, then. Yeah, we could do that. I don't qualify for a Roth. A regular, we could probably do. I a think regular you a- can do. It, and that would be the same thing as, you know, a SEP, a simple, right? You still get that tax. It's taxed the same. It just doesn't, right. it's not through your business. So it doesn't have the rules associated with potentially contributing to employees. It's a personal account because you don't have a, well, you, would, you wouldn't be able to contribute to your SEP if you did this account. Yeah. You know, you'd have to redirect everything over here. So that's an option. Just throwing that out there. If you want to avoid, you know, I'm contributing for employees and all that. And we could look through like, cause each plan's different in terms of like how long the person's worked there. Do they yeah. work for you part or full time? And we can get into to all that, but um, 
that's something to cons that's that's a restriction that could pop it up, right? If you're doing a small business retirement plan. And but you know, those small plans, small business plans can allow you to contribute more than the IRA limits. But if you're only doing the 500 a yeah, month, it doesn't really matter. Take, you know, then that removes the complications of do I have to contribute for this employee? Do I have to match them? Da, 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 da. And then you can just do your personal IRA same taxation, same type of account as yeah. the SEP and the simple. And then like when you want to contribute more, you can just open up a, another small business plan at that point. Okay, cool. Yeah, I like that idea. I do feel like this makes me sound very stingy, but for context. <laughs> no, but you're growing, you know, yeah, we're growing. we have so to be are, at the right phase for this, yeah, folks, you know? So we just transitioned from contractors to employees. So eventually exactly. if we ever have like full-time equivalent employees. I would love to offer all of the benefits, but you know, meanwhile. Yeah, it takes time. Listen, you're not going to hire your first employee and necessarily have a full benefits package, right? right? Usually we bring on a couple of people and then get the full package going. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, everybody can can kind of invest in what they want to invest in. Somebody listening might be like, that's, I definitely want to, when I hire, have that available. And but mo let's be real, most people get that added in later just yeah. because you're, you know, we're a small business. Also, and we have it limited also depends resources. on your team. So I have like, yeah. I have five people that work for me about five hours a week versus if I had one person who worked 25 hours a week, it would be a lot yep. easier to offer uh, benefits. But that is, um, for me, that's like a five-year goal. Yeah. No, I love that as a goal. I think timing wise, it's not the right time. And so, yeah, IRA would be a great way for you to get 6,500 maximum in, not have to worry about employee uh, contributions. And then you can always switch next year yeah. or the year after whenever that happens to be. Okay. So next coaching question then, Christy, I'm curious to hear your thoughts. The student loan situation. Mm-hmm. Okay. So are you team Dave Ramsey who says, I don't know. Yeah. I'm never no, team Dave Ramsey. Are, I don't even like, know what he said, but I hate him. <laughs> yeah. Don't even know what he said. Right. Uh, his whole thing, his whole thing is like, you don't even invest until all of your debts paid off. Like oh. he's like debt, 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 debt. You got to pay the debt off. Right. No. Um, versus like the balanced approach, which is like, just, you know, pay and save, pay and save versus, well, I would say a balanced approach could be like, could be save $500 a month in the retirement and put all discretionary income into student loans. Or I would say the third approach, so we're kind of like going on a scale here, is um, pay the minimum on student loans and put all discretionary income into retirement savings or other investments. I'm sure your answer is probably going to be like, it depends on my client, but I'm curious to hear your, th your thoughts. It does depend, but I definitely am not a Dave Ramsey prescriber. Like I'll tell you that I'm right. not going to be a proponent of pay off every single debt you have before you can invest for multiple reasons. One reason is we need to consider the interest rate of the debt. If mm -hmm. it's lower than, you know, I mean, and rates are higher now, but yeah. if you're paying, even if it's like 6%, 7%, like investing over a 30 year period of time, at least historically, the stock market has returned much higher than that. Right. And so, yeah. you know, maybe if you're looking at a credit card versus an investment account, okay. Credit interest rates are freaking insane. Sure. Right. Yeah. We can, that's a debt that we can target and focus on maybe before investing, but 
um, something like a student loan, you know, the interest rates aren't terrible, terrible on that. And so that's where, you know, you would earn more interest investing versus the interest you pay on that debt. So that's one consideration Mm -hmm. is the interest rate on the debt. Um, And then the other piece of it too, is like, when it comes to investing, one of the biggest contributors to success is time, time invested. How long can you have your money in the market compounding interest? Because remember, when we invest, there's this little thing called compound interest. So compound interest, I always like to give like a simple example. Let's say you have a thousand bucks, you earn a 10% rate of return. That's a hundred dollars in return. Then your two, your new account balance is $1,100, right? Because you already had a return. Let's say for easy math, right? It's that same 10% return. Now the dollar amount you've received is $110, right? Mm -hmm. So with the same return, you're still earning more money because now you're earning money on previous interest that you had earned, right? So time invested, time in the market, time for interest to compound is your best friend when it comes to stock market investing and really maximizing your return. So, you know, if you're paying off all your debt and then you're like 50 years old and you have 10 years until you want to retire, like that's going to be really freaking hard to do. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of the, like, that's the dilemma, right? But who doesn't like love the idea of being debt-free? It just feels like, it'd be like so relaxing, right? I can like (laughs) meditate all day. I don't have anything looming over me, but this is, yeah, this is, and I've had this conversation with other financial planners too. And I do think that like the, the Dave Ramsey ascribers or subscribers, as you will, their counter argument is always, because what I say is like, I'll make my minimum student loan payments for the 25 years prescribed, and then it will be forgiven. So not only like, am I getting compound interest on the investment side, but I know that I'm never going to actually pay all my student loan payments back. And their counter argument was, is always like, well, do you want to rely on that? Cause God only knows like with the government. And I'm like, well, if they change it, then they change it. Like, I don't know. I'll pay it off. Like I'll keep paying it then I suppose. Yeah. I mean, it's a fair point. Like, like that's not incorrect that there could potentially be, potentially be um, changes in, in laws and regulations. Right. But also, okay, let's say there is, you've been investing the difference. Well, now you can just take a chunk out of your retirement or investment account and just pay off the full balance. No yeah. problem. Because you've a lot of that more. advice, I think Christy also comes from like the inherent di- distrust in Republican and libertarian, like Republicans and libertarians with, with regard to the government. We don't have right. to get into a conversation, <laughs> but you know, it's like pretty easy to see the leanings of the, you know, people on this side of like the fight, like the personal finance camp. Um, totally. Yeah, it's a big one, like because of law school and grad school and everything else, once I start paying, like my income-based repayment is going to be around $1,500 a month for hire. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a lot, like, you know, big chunk. It's a lot. What's your balance on the student loans? Uh, About $320,000. Oh, Lord, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's like a, it's a mortgage, basically, right? It's a full-on mortgage, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I have some regrets, but, you know, at the same time, it is what it is. What can you, I mean, you went law school, like, yeah, <laughs> like yeah. enough said that's and expensive. This is, I'm curious if anyone else listening can relate to this. I would love to hear it. Right. A lot of the times I do feel like I live in like la la, like dreamland. It's easy to do that as an Enneagram seven, 
But when I started my business, you know, four or five years ago, I told myself, well, it's fine because in, within five years, I'm going to have a seven figure business. And if I want to, I'll be able to write a check and just pay the student loans off like at the end of the year. It's five years later. I'm not there yet. <laughs> not even close. But I do think, you know, like Dream Braden thinks that that might be a possibility five years from now. So it's more of it's more of like a 10 years from starting the business. Overestimated <laughs> what I could do when I started, but I still think it's possible. Um, and that's why I try, try not to stress about the debt too much because, you know, I do plan on having like that size of a business at some point in time. Mm-hmm. Um, I think your yeah. thinking is, is correct. I, I, I agree with that because yeah, when you are starting your business, you know, you're investing in a lot of things, but what part of what you're investing in is unlimited earnings potential, right? Yeah. And so while you may not be seeing necessarily the return that you're wanting right now, that return is coming. I think you're thinking the way you're thinking about it is great. I think just the timeline that you set was off a little bit. And that's, (laughs) and if, if you did hit seven figures in five years, I'd be very impressed because I don't think that's a common story. It just takes more time. I mean, my husband's been in his business now for like over a decade and he's just starting to creep up on the seven figure mark, you know? Um, yeah, he's freaking killing it. But yeah. And like to share from personal experience, like we're by, we're, we're putting an offer in a house right now. We're going to have to put like 300 K out the door, like for in cash for this house, but we've saved that over the past, like four years. And so like all that to say that is possible and will happen. The timeline is going to need to expand a little bit but that's okay. You know, right. whose timeline are we even on anyway? You know, it's like, we are all on our own timeline. And so, yeah, I'm a contrib- I'm a big fan of like, yes, like we can definitely pay down the debt. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. We can definitely make more aggressive debt payments. That's a thing. And also don't harp on it. Don't let it be like what consumes you. Don't beat yourself up over it. Uh It's going to be taken care of. You're going to be fine. You know, you don't have to funnel every penny into that because really there's going to be a greater return on your business. That's a fun, like, that's a fun, uh, that's a fun hypothetical. I like to play though, is if in five years, like, let's say four years from now, I have a $500,000 business and five years from now, I like double and have a million dollar business, right? Like you have a really big growth year then what do you do with like the extra 500k of course some of that's going to go to business expenses and some's going to go to taxes well let's say you have you have an extra 400,000 at that point is is it like i'm going to still going to pay all the minimums on my student loans um and put the rest in savings or am i going to pay off the student loans and i think for me under that hypothetical at that point i would pay off the student loan balance because then i would say well now i just don't have to worry about it and I'm planning on having an extra $400,000 next year. And then I'll start putting it all in savings. 100%. Yeah. Like you can make that decision when you're really finding yeah. large profit amounts <laughs> that are very comfortable. Um, it's fun to think about and- now though. You're like, I like to put myself in those shoes. It makes me feel better. We'll see. And then it Just gives, gives you something yourself. to work towards too. Yeah. A hundred percent. I love it. And envision yourself writing that check, Sally May, whatever. No, 300k here you go <laughs> right right, right. but right. you could get forgiven it sounds like 
Yeah, yeah. but it's a tw- it's 25 year, like 25 year forgiveness. Right. So, and I right. like, haven't even really started paying. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I think you're okay to not like put every penny towards debt is kind of what I'm saying. Like maybe a more balanced approach because yeah. you do have some other channels like your business, a, a retirement plan that can also really support you. Because I think that's the other thing too, is like when you're putting everything towards debt, you're not building up resources in yeah. other areas, right? You're not building up an investment account building up income in your business or the team support or like the things that you need to get to the seven figure business. And so, yeah, maybe five years go down the road, you've put all your money towards your student loans. And then like, I don't know, what if you want to buy a house or what if you like want to make a big life decision or move, or what if like you're still struggling to hit the monthly income number you want because you didn't invest into growing your team and your business has, has stagnated. Right. And so all that to say, there's value in putting money towards these other areas, business, stocks, bonds, real estate, whatever they are, because those resources are, I'm telling you, they're going to come in handy for you. You're going to need to be on them. (laughs) Christy, I would like to do my minimum towards my student loans and kind of like my own minimum towards retirement savings. And we already own our house, not outright. Of course we have a mortgage, um, pretty nice house in San Diego. Our mortgage is like $4,500 a month. So that's why when I say I'm working up to like contributing half of our household expenses, that's, you know, like 30, yeah, it's like 3000 to $3,500 a month after all of our bills and things. Plus um, your stuff too. Right. So you yeah, need like, but our like, joint, our joint goal in, we want to go to a different house probably in five years. Mm-hmm. Um, like a nicer house. And then my husband wants to get a vacation house when he retires in like 10 to 15 years. Yeah, I would like to like, rather than eventually putting a lot of money into retirement, I eventually would love to own real estate, mm-hmm. either as a land person, or um, I would love to get into like flipping properties. Yeah. So that's more of a five-year goal as well. I would say five-year goal would be to start saving for those things. And 10-year goal would be like to start doing those things. I love it. And I think that's where you can look at something like a brokerage account, for example. So it's called an either an individual investment account, or you can hold it jointly with your husband. But basically, it's an investment account. You can invest in all the stocks, bonds, index funds, mutual funds, ETFs, all the things that you can invest in in your retirement. The, but the the pro to it is you can access the money anytime. You oh, don't so have to like wait until you're 59 and a half. Exactly. It's fully liquid. I had a client actually just recently who cashed out her brokerage and put it towards a down payment. We're doing the same thing. We're cashing out our brokerage and that along with the cash we've saved is going towards the down payment. So that I think could be a really nice bucket of money for you to invest, to grow it, but also have it in a liquid position. That could be kind of like, so if we're thinking about saving for a down payment, right? You can Uh save some of that into your cash. And then you can also save some of it into that investment account so that you kind of have some of it growing and that, and it's flexible. So you can, you can ultimately use it for whatever you want. So what's the down, I'm assuming like, what's the downside of that? Downside of brokerage. Yeah. There's just no tax benefits. I would imagine. 
Um, not necessarily no tax benefits, but it's not maybe as tax friendly. I don't know. So it's, it's contributed to with an after tax dollar. So you don't get the write off that you get right. by contributing to a 401k or alternative retirement plan. And it doesn't grow tax free like the Roth, yeah. but the tax rate on the growth is capital gains rates. Sure instead yeah. of income rates. So either 15, 20%, depending what bracket you're in, as opposed to like your income rates, which are higher than the capital yeah. gains rates. Okay. That makes sense. So that's just really, I mean, it's like a better version of like a high yield savings account then. 100%. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's invested, you know, you're, you're in the market. So you're going to go up and down it's savings account. You're, you're safe, but you're earning in today's interest rate environment, like 3%, right? Nice. That's um, like my grandma asked me when I was home for when I was home for Christmas, my grandma asked me what she should do with her money because she's at the point now where she's she's liquidating all of her retirement just to you pay for her expenses. She's 88. Like her money's like lasted her pretty long, but she feels like she's getting in her last few years of like being able to pay for things. And she's like, I need to cash this out. Where should I put the money? And I'm like, well, you need it to be liquid. So I would just put it in like the highest yields, like savings account you can find. I don't know, though, but I was like, talk to your her financial advisor is like the guy at Chase Bank, which I told her, like, you know, I'm sure yeah. he's great, but like also he's a salesperson for Chase Bank. So keep mm-hmm. that in mind, grandma. <laughs> <laughs> Look out for that one, grandma. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, that's very true. And yeah, for her, you know, maybe a CD or high yield savings could be a good fit, or you know, maybe a bond a bond portfolio or something like that right. could, but you know. <laughs> Yeah. Side note. <laughs> okay. I like that though. Brokerage, brokerage account. So brokerage. Yep. Game plan, pay off credit cards in a month or two, mm-hmm. $500 into regular IRA account for the rest of this year and the foreseeable future. While I start paying my minimum on my student loans next year, I'm going to start contributing more towards our household expenses until we work our way up to 50%. And then from there, it's, um, oh, and this year, oh yeah, that was the big one. That's actually the biggest one. This year, um, three months of operating expenses and business savings mm-hmm. in addition to those minimums. And then after the business and the personal savings are done, uh, then I'm going to get to 50% of the household expenses. And then after that, that'll hopefully be like end of 2024. And then after that, we can start feeding a brokerage account is where I see like 100%. my roadmap going. Yeah. And also if, well, I don't know, this might not make sense, but you know, your husband could start funding some money into brokerage as well. Um, yeah. He's got all of his own stuff going on. He's got, yeah. That's too. He has yeah. a, what is it? A 401 3B? Is that what it's called? 403B. 304, a 401B, a 403B. There's a 401k, there's a 403B, there's a 457 yeah. there. <laughs> he has one of those. He also, yeah. ha- I think he also has like a, like he might just have a 401k, but he also, um, he has a very nice pension because he's a judge, he's a judge in California. So he's a prosecutor for 15 years. Now he's a judge. (laughs) So he's got all that stuff. And he, um, he's very conservative when it comes to saving and investing. So he's not wanting to do anything like wacky and wild with his money. Um, so that's like, for my side of things, I like the idea of like saving to invest in property. That'll be a fun project for me. Amazing. So that will kind of be your thing. Yeah. Cause also like, you know, I get bored easily and I gotta have, I gotta have like, I have to have fun goals. I can't just like save money to watch money grow. It's a much easier to save money to spend money. Even if the spending money is spending on an investment property that I get to like decorate and design. And then, yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, that's not even, that's an investment. That is an investment. Right, you will right, make right. a profit but on it's that. Like, to right. me, it's like a more fun investment. And when things are yeah. fun, I'm more likely to do them. Well, that's that's exactly how to approach this, right? Because ultimately when we're building wealth, I kind of see like three main channels, right? We have our businesses because uh-huh. that is something that we can sell one day and cash in on, or maybe it's just, it's going to provide us a high level of income to be able to build wealth elsewhere. So we have our businesses, we have the stock market, bonds, all that kind of traditional investing. And then we have real estate, right? That's kind of like category number three. So that's something that you can kind of figure out what that balance looks like. But I'm hearing, you know, real estate is an important area. Business is obviously an important area. And Mm -hmm. then maybe the more traditional investing is kind of like the last priority, but you'll have all the buckets. You'll have money and all because the investments can fund the real estate and help support that. Um, yeah, another... my husband has all the traditional investments, so I get to do the fun investments. <laughs> exactly. Like the way I look at a lot of things. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And real estate's great because you can either sell it and cash in. You can uh, keep the once the mortgages is paid off, you can just pocket the rental income. There's so many possibilities there. One one note I'll share around buying a vacation property, just something that my husband and I are planning for because we want to buy a lake home. Is we're gonna do it in a way where it's at first, in, instead of being a primarily a vacation home first so that we don't have to carry two mortgages, it's going to be an investment property. Uh-huh. So we'll buy it, we'll put the money down, but then we'll have either Airbnb or tenants come in. They pay the mortgage, right? And then mm-hmm. like, we're still building equity in the home. And then, you know, we can take over the mortgage as we have more income and just use it fully or but I was like, then you can also get in the 1031 exchange game down the road. Yep. <laughs> See, I like that idea too. My uh, Leonard really, my husband, Leonard, really has no interest. He doesn't have any interest in being a landlord. And he also like, he wants to get yeah. a vacation house and like not put it up on Airbnb, which is just like, to me, to me, it just almost seems silly. Cause it's like, if it can make you money while you own it, like, why not do it? And he's like, no, I just want it to be mine. I don't want to have like fuss over that. And I don't want other people like staying in my place. And I'm like, okay, well, that's what you want to do. That's um, fair. I actually, the funny thing is this is, you know, where you have to talk about joint goals in a relationship. I actually mm-hmm. am like, not that excited about having a vacation house. Mm-hmm. Like I'd rather like go travel to different places. And also, um, I'm team lake house, Christy, and he's yes. team beach. He's team beach house. So, mm. uh, but yeah, battle know, of the beach like, and the lake. Yeah. That's, that's his like lifelong dream, his retirement dream. So that dream will be realized. And I think that'll be really great to see the dream realized for him. Um, but you know, I'll have, I'll have my own thing in 15, 20 years. Yeah. So with your savings, you're probably just, you know, putting for, the flip or yeah. the well, the rental property or whatever. Another fun idea. We'll see if this ends up happening. Um, one of our really good friends, they want to get a lake house in Washington state, mm. like probably outside of Seattle somewhere. So we talked about just like having keys to each other's vacation houses. And then we can, yeah. like, do we want to go to Maui or do we want to go to what? Like, do we want to go to Washington this month? <laughs> Sold. Done. I thought you were going to say like, we'll buy it with them. And I was gonna be like, eh. Uh, no, 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 no. It's kind, <laughs> it's kind of like, yeah, done. it's kind of like you can take, you know, you can take the 
Hawaii house in February and we'll take the Washington house in February. And then you get like yes. one month in each other's houses each year or something. You need like 12 friends who have vacation homes. So like you can just do a month in like yeah. each person's house. Just great? everybody rotates. Yeah. Bippity bop around. <laughs> That's my, like my kind of retirement dream. Not even, re- I, I, I don't know if I'll ever retire because I probably would yeah. feel crazy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but when my husband retires, I would like to be at the point where I'm, you know, only working a few days a week in my business. And I love the idea of like six months a year in San Diego, which is home. And then like a couple months a year of traveling and a couple months a year in Indiana visiting my family. And then like yeah. a few months a year in the vacation house. Oh, mm. Yes. Yes. Sign me up. I know we were planning on being like snowbirds and then Mm -hmm. we had kids and they started going to school and like, okay, maybe we'll reevaluate this one, but (laughs) I'm all about the moving around with children. (laughs) Yeah. So I was like, yeah, we actually, we have friends who kind of do, they kind of do the opposite. They live in San Diego, Mm. but they fly to their house in Tahoe every weekend in the winter for their daughter's ski team practices. Isn't that wow. Yeah. That's insane. So fun. So cool. Uh-huh. Yeah. And the, the bigger picture here is just like, you have so many options, you know, you right. don't have to decide it right now, but yeah, get that money working for you. Right. And that's where saving and investing can, can be great instead of maybe putting every penny towards debt is because then that opens up the realms to have the resources to be able to make those kind of moves and Mm -hmm. buy a piece of property like that's that's for most people that's the most expensive thing they're ever going to purchase is a proper is their property right the the house they live in i do Um, think i do think dave ramsey could change his tagline to like you may be miserable but at least you won't have debt (laughs) And of course, right. we're gonna we're gonna publish this episode on my podcast. I'm sure some of my I'm sure some of my listeners are probably um, fans, hey, fans of his. Sorry well, if I'm offending people, anybody. Yeah, my I'm sure I am. Dave that's, opinions. That's okay. If it were if it works for you, like do it. That's what I always tell people. Yeah, the one thing I will like compliment him on is um, he bases most of his financial advice more on like behavioral like behavioral psychology than he really does like sound financial guidance right because you know if you're just doing the math you would say like well invest the money because the interest is going to be higher um so I just tell people if it works for you just like keep doing it but also know there are like a lot of other viewpoints out there that you can explore yeah I agree whatever works run with it. Right. I'm not here to judge and tell you like, this is how your finances should look. These are just my personal opinions. And I will say too, just like along the motivation thing around the debt and you know, everybody's different. But one thing I've noticed actually with clients is when we have employed a strategy that is like every penny goes towards debt, it's harder to get that result than when like, we're also saving because save seeing the savings account grow for at least the clients I've worked with that's really motivating Mm -hmm. like that is what drives them that's what makes them want to take the money out of you know spending on something maybe that's not values aligned or or feels un uh, feels like it's not something you want to be spending money on and and shift it towards something else so you know again know yourself but a balanced approach can be motivating too because like, yeah, it's motivating to see the card balance go down, but sometimes for certain people, it's also equally, if not more motivating to see like your savings going up and you're like, okay, I got money. Cool. Let's keep this rolling. (laughs) So. Yeah, I agree. 
to each their own, of course, you know, you got to figure out what works for you. The most important thing is just, yeah, you have, you're showing up, you're working some sort of strategy, right? You're doing something, you're not avoiding and, and all of that, um, which if you're in that state, no shame, that's okay too. We've all been there. But um, yeah, I mean, coaching you is super easy, Braden, because you basically just like came up with a plan on your own. <laughs> I was just here to be a sounding board. You're like, okay, we're going to do this. We're going to do this. We're going to do this. And I think that sounds great. <laughs> well, these are all things that I like, I journal on and think about a lot. So I already have mm-hmm. kind of my, my rough roadmap figured out. It's more of like the detailed nuances of like, well, yeah. what kind of account do I put the money in? Right. And, um, you know, which is where your expertise comes in because, you know even with a lot of Googling, you sometimes just need to like go to the, go to the actual person, human person who has the answers. 100%. It gets so overwhelming on Google. No one knows how to apply the information on Google to themselves. <laughs> I've found if you do amazing, like yeah. <laughs> keep going. But I have found people are like, I looked all this up. Like I have the knowledge, but I still don't know what to actually do with yeah. it. <laughs> we actually, I would, I would be curious. I should have you like audit. I should have you like audit the little course I created for my own students on all of these topics, because my essential philosophy that I tell my students is if you can pay off all your credit card debt within like one to two years, um, and do we, I essentially have, I call them financial milestones. So each like goal is a milestone And we do starting milestones, middle milestones, and final milestones. And the starting milestones are like the things that should happen within a year. So pay off like high interest debt. That's like, if you can pay all, do all of that within a year, um, the middle milestones are like the things that take like three years. And those are like max out your Roth IRA, like do the things that are like very obvious, like just most everyone should do. I'm like, once you get all of that done, like then go talk to a financial planner because now you've gotten to the steps that like should be different for every person. That's yeah. And that, that, I don't think that's a bad approach at all. Uh, I think that definitely works. I think it just depends really on, yeah. <laughs> that's always my yeah. answer in financial planning. Cause everybody's, but everybody's situation is different, but yeah, yeah. I mean, I just see the people who want to get like really into like NFTs and crypto. And it's like, bro, yeah. you have like, you have like $30,000 in like high interest credit card debt. Like, let's just calm down a second. All right. Yeah. Like, you know, I don't know. There's nothing wrong with focusing, especially towards high interest credit card debt <laughs> first. Right. But yeah, if it's a lower, if it's a student loan or a mortgage or like something that's a little bit lower then then that's where I personally lean towards a more balanced approach. And also the, re- yeah, like I say, it depends because it does depend on what you actually want to accomplish, right? Like if you're telling me you want to buy a property in a couple of years, but then you put all your money towards your credit card debt, that might push that timeline on a property purchase back. And that right. might be okay, you know? So that's where each person kind of has to decide what are my priorities? What is most important to me, right? And then make decisions from, from that place. But, you know, a good rule of thumb to pay off high interest credit debt first. (laughs) That's a good rule of thumb. That's a good general rule of thumb for sure. For sure. Um, but yeah, I'd love to look at your course. I'm happy to, to chat about it with you. Um, but I think maybe we covered any, everything. I'm just looking at my notes here. Did we miss any, do you feel good with like kind of your first couple months of profit? Are you just going to put it all towards the credit card or are you going to maybe do a little into savings, a little towards debt? What are you thinking? No, I all just, I put it all, I'll put it all towards the credit card. Um, like how much out. we'll have, you know, is TBD on how much revenue I make these next couple months. Do you do um, cash flow forecasts by the way? 
kind of um I do my own so on my prop like on my proper reports I do on my podcast I actually share like what I'm projecting and revenue uh and profit for the next month but like I mentioned um I'm launching a big project in February that's going to cost me some money so we'll see how much I make this is really my problem is that I thrive on like having a big picture project to work on so it's always hard for me to allow myself to not commit to new expenses and new exciting projects in order to like actually have like good profit to like take home and like put towards the personal expenses. Yeah, I see that. I see that a lot. And there's nothing wrong with putting the money towards the the business. I think it's just a matter of- Well, you- there is. Well, that's what I'm saying. Check it. It's a matter of you checking in with yourself and your priorities and seeing, is this a problem? And so I see the personality types. I'm not saying this is you. I've been this personality where (laughs) I'm just buying all the courses. I'm putting Mm -hmm. money into all the things, but when I'm really thinking about it, that's not necessarily earning me money back. Right. Right. It's focusing on ROI. Yeah. It's just being intentional with the investments that you're making and taking that pause to think through like, okay, what problem am I trying to solve? Mm -hmm. You know, looking at different investments through that lens of like, will this investment solve my problem, which will then get me to where I want to be. Right. Or like, like what will that investment really do for you? And is that, is that worth it? Or like, could you get the same or a similar result not making the investment maybe maybe you could maybe you couldn't um and like most of the things I'm spending on now like luckily I've gotten past the like buy every course just because like I'm getting sold thank god yeah (laughs) been there still want to spend some money on some stuff but yeah I would say a lot of things I'm spending on now are good long-term investments but they're Mm -hmm. things that's like that I should do like one of these things a year instead of like one per quarter Mm -hmm. um because, right, and this is something I, I see people do all the time. I'm like, it's great if you want to have four businesses, but you can't start four businesses at one time because then each business goes nowhere. And that's kind of yeah. how I am with my projects. Like I should probably do one, commit more time to it, see it succeed, and then roll out the other one. But I get an idea and I get really excited and I just want to do the idea. And so that's kind of where I am. So it's not the worst predicament to be in because I know all no. these investments will show their return in the long term. Um but you know, we, we pay a little bit for it in the short term. Yeah. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. If you're finding a problem with it, you could adjust your strategy to yeah. maybe do like version 0.0 of a project, like do it very messy. Don't have it pretty. Don't, don't put the extra bells and whistles on it. Do it, but do it like very low key. Right. right. And then you can upgrade it as it goes. And as it makes money, that's one thing you could do. Um, you could kind of think through like timing of launching stuff, but like, it's also, it's for fun. Like you're enjoying it. Sometimes it's stuff in my business. I'm like, you know what? I'm putting money towards this and I'm just kind of doing it for fun. Like this is kind of a passion project. Like right. sometimes I have to have those conversations with myself, not saying this is you or this is your case, but, um, you know, you could, if you want reevaluate your strategy and how you're making those types of decisions or like also, that's okay to do that. You just know that like, that's what you're prioritizing and focusing on. And, and that is maybe taking away from like a month of a credit card payment. Again, that's okay. 
but like that's for you to decide right would you rather wipe out that credit card by this timeline and and then kind of open up these personal goals or do you want to make the the long-term investment now and that's where it can depend and we all need to make our own decisions around what's our priorities and what's most important to us at any given moment yeah the 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 problem there is the question of what do I want to do because Mm. so you gotta start I still have to exercise self-control right so um Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I have it's, a ba- it's, a ba- it's a balance. It's a balance. It's a balance. We all do it. I have someone who told me the other day that she was kind of just like such a quick start, make, makes a decision, goes for it. So, sounds similar to you. And she would give herself like a 48 hour timeline or some sort of timeline to where if she had an idea, instead of executing it on <laughs> right away, uh-huh. she would give herself a period of time, if that idea was still there, she was still thinking about it. It was really juicy, exciting. She would execute. If yeah. that idea she found just kind of slipped through and she, and ended up not being something maybe for right now, then she gave herself that space to where she would have maybe jumped in normally yeah. before. I actually, I actually like to do the same. What I need to get back to doing is um, spending out of a slush fund. So having mm. business, sa- like business savings is for business emergencies, but in addition to business savings, having a business slush fund, which is a savings that's meant to be spent. Yes. And it's, um, my business operating account is only for monthly operating expenses. And the slush fund is like, I have a new business idea. Is the money in there to pay for the project? That yes. is my intent, um, but I've gotten away from it. And that's what we got to move back towards. I'm also need to put that on my three to six month plan. Okay. I love that. And you do profit first, right? So you have the uh, kind of, I, I like some of the concepts, but um, you do, so you do a version of it, I guess. Yeah, kind of. I have my own thoughts about that. Mostly that, oh, well, we don't have to get into it. Why I often say is that um, profit first did not invent the concept of cash flow management. It just popularized right. it. So it's like the modern day envelope system, basically. Right. So it's like, <laughs> just because someone like has uh, a bank account where they save their taxes, that like, you know, that doesn't mean like they're doing profit first. They're just like saving money for <laughs> So money for taxes, uh, slush fund account. And then I also have a profit account. Like those are my, my three separate buckets. So profit is extra money. That's meant to be paid out to me personally, right? Slush fund is extra money. That's meant to be spent on fun projects in the business. And then you have the tax account for taxes. And then I guess the business savings would be technically the fifth account because the operating account is like the regular account. Yeah. But I use, um, Christy, I don't know if you've heard of it, but I use and recommend Novo to all of my clients because they have a built-in envelope system so that you can save money into these four different buckets automated. So you can set savings percentages on an automated basis uh, without having to have like five bank accounts. Oh, smart. Okay. No, I don't typically recommend that. I'm about to, (laughs) if it makes sense for somebody. I love that. Yeah. Um, I think your, your, think your fix is, could just be as simple as yeah. Setting up that separate account for the slush fund. You still have profit going in for you. That way you're balancing you taking money and the and reinvesting in the business. Yeah. And then whatever's in the slush fund, that kind of determines like when and how much 
you can invest. Now, so for some people that can feel a little restrictive, you know, yeah. it's like, oh, but it's like, I really want to go to this business event in Ireland, which is, it's like a really, really like high-end, like uh wedding conference, like wedding industry conference. And it would just be like a networking event. Right. Yeah. But that's like a perfect thing to pay for out of your slush fund, because I'm like, uh, if I can't, if the money's not in the slush fund, I don't get to go. And if it is in the slush fund, I do get to go. But then also, right? If that's six months down the road, I'm like, well, I want to go to Ireland, but I also want to create a new website or I want to join a new course. And it's like, I have enough money in my slush fund to do one of these three things. So that um, is the self-restraint that you need instead of just saying like, fuck it, I'm going to do all three, right? <laughs> that's the way I right. look at it for me. Yeah. yeah. I think that's a great strategy because then that still allows you to open up options for yourself on the personal side, which big picture there, you know, we talked a little bit about some of your goals and, and your vision. So that could be a great way to open that up for yeah. you. Right. Um, but either way, you're going to be fine because ultimately you're going to be at a place where you have a seven figure business and you're making multiple six figures and you're not going to have to worry about <laughs> any of this. So <laughs> yeah, give me, give me five more years. We're going to, we're going to get there where I'm hoping yeah. to not quite double revenue this year, but we did, we did one close to 170 last year, this year, I'm hoping to get to like 250, 250, yes. and then that's uh, gonna snowball from there. We'll see. Fing fingers crossed. Exactly. You will, you'll be fine either way, wherever you put your money now, you're going to be fine for all your goals. But yeah, in the, in the short term, it, it is going to be a matter of prioritizing and figuring out what's going to be most important and at any given time. But you're doing great. You're doing amazing. Thank you. I mean, these are like good problems to have. Like, well, what do I do with my <laughs> quality this, problems? Them, quality problems. Right? It's like yeah. you're at a you you you're paying yourself a salary. You're running a profitable business. You're building your team. You're exploring new passions and projects. Right? You're contributing to your household, and you have all these amazing goals that you're thinking about and planning for. Right? You're now in a new energy around money. I've been seeing this shift a lot with people where they were in a place with money and tell me if I'm wrong or where I'm wrong, but this is more general where they're, when they're, when we're building our businesses, like every penny's going into the business. We're mm -hmm. just trying to pay bills. We're trying to find the next client, like the energy and the way that we're relating to money is very much kind of like survival, like pay the bills, don't get in a ton of debt, all that. And then you kind of hit this point where you're making enough money to where you can comfortably pay your bills. And now you're like, okay, like I am kind of entering this realm of like options and possibilities and dreams. Yeah, I was, I was in that other spot for a good three years. So yeah. if people are listening and they're like, that's where you are, that's we, I relate to that. Um, yeah. Been I was there. in the spot <laughs> of like, I was literally, Christy, I was thinking about this the other day, my first year, like I don't even, I wasn't my first year of business. It doesn't matter. Like fresh out of law school. I literally remember like going to my jar of change to pull quarters out, to put gas in my car. Mm -hmm. And there were not enough quarters mm -hmm. to put any gas in my car. Like we were down to nickels and dimes. And I was like, my dignity will not allow me to take nickels and dimes to the gas station, which if you, if anyone's listening and you have to do that, like do that, like if you need to do that to feed your family, do what you have to do. Um, but mine was like, I wanted to drive to target or like, I wanted to drive to the gym and my gym was like two miles away. So I was like, I'm going to bike to the gym for three days. Right. Until I get more money. Um, I've been there. And then I've been in the spot where I'm like, okay, well, 
I have $200 in business expenses between like Zoom and Asana and like whatever. And like my Zoom payments late three months in a row now. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, I'm at the point now where like, I don't have to worry about any of that. I don't have to worry about like my gas or my cell phone bill, like being paid on time and all that kind of stuff. So it is very, very uh, freeing for sure. Once you get to that yeah, point in, in, like, in life, I would say not even in business in life. A hundred percent. It's a different energy. Now you're looking at your money through a whole other lens. You're prioritizing based on your goals and what you want to do and, and your desires and your vision and your values. We're making money. We're making decisions from that perspective. And that's exciting place to be and can be tricky to navigate because a lot opens up. <laughs> yeah. 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 The, I would say the path is when you have very little money, the path, I would say the path is uh, a lot more stressful, but there aren't as many options. Yeah. But like back then, I just I did not have a credit card because I knew that I could not be trusted with one because I knew a $500 balance would mean that like I would be paying payments for like months and months and months. Mm -hmm. That's like the difference. And now it's a different, yeah, a very different energy, but a lot more decisions to be made. More decisions. Yep. Yeah. But good decisions. Good decisions. But not to say we don't get stressed out and all those things don't happen. That still happens even as you have more money. I work with millionaires who get stressed out. Like it's, <laughs> it doesn't, that doesn't necessarily go away. That's where it's up to us to kind of, you know, work on yeah. our relationship with money and our energy and all that type of stuff. But if we, but, yeah, Christy, if we dug really deep, I would say that that's one of my primary goals is to, um, to make financial decisions that don't stress me out. Mm. Um, so I would rather, like, I would rather have a smaller business or smaller goals and just uh, be very zen and like at ease. I agree. I think maintaining <laughs> our mental health while yeah. building and growing is like, I shared this in my newsletter the other week. I had a baby in 2022 in February. I had a three month maternity leave. And then like the next three months, I was like, I can't, I'm, I can't, I'm not ready. I can't do it. So, but I went back at like service my clients, but I didn't really like grow or put out much effort. I was working very part-time. Yeah. And so my revenue stayed stagnant for the year. Right. Which I'm happy about working like <laughs> less than half. Cause you know, January I was kind of out. Let's be real. I was like a freaking balloon. I was like, I'm too tired. So all that to say, like, Sometimes you do have to focus in on other areas, other priorities, mental health, family, and that might cut into growth. But like long-term, I'm building a very sustainable growth. So yeah. it's worth it, you know? Agreed. Um, Brayden, thank you so much. Anything else we missed? Anything else you want to chat about today? I don't, I don't think so. Um, I could stay and talk about money forever, but I know I'm like, we could, unfortunately, check. like I have a to-do list of things I yeah. have to do today in order <laughs> we to gotta run. <laughs> <laughs> I'm heading to the gym. I'm about to go work out. <laughs> oh, nice. Nice. I'm going to send, I'm uh, I started an email before we hit record. So I'm going to, I'm going to send go. a sales email to my email list. So go buy my Love stuff it. people. Yes. Go connect with Brayden, <laughs> get on his list, follow him on Instagram, get in his membership, all the things. He's amazing. As you can tell, he's super savvy on top of this stuff. And yeah, like can really help you set up a lot of that foundational piece to then really be in the place where you are able to make these more wealth building decisions. So yes, yes, yes. Exciting. We stuff. call Thank it you unfuck so your biz for a reason. Cause that's often the, uh, the foundation that you need in order to, uh, become profitable afterwards. 
100%, right? We need those financial foundations, those legal foundations, those tax foundations, or else I see it all the time. People coming to me, they have not done that work. And now we're backtracking instead yeah. of like having these types of conversations. And that's okay. Again, no shame if you're there. We've Many people have been there before, but if you're not there and you can set up those foundations, do it, do now's it. your chance. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much, Brayden. Appreciate your openness, honesty, transparency. So many good nuggets and lessons for everybody listening. Very relatable stuff. Awesome. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Hey there. Before you go, I wanted to give a quick thanks. Thanks so much for tuning into the show. If you loved it, I would love for you to take a screenshot of the episode or snap a quick selfie while you are listening. Share it on social and give me a tag. It'll help other kick-ass entrepreneurs like yourself find the show. That's it for today. I'll be back soon with a new episode. Meanwhile, let's roll up our sleeves and unfuck that biz.